Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Father God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and we just want to tell you that we love your presence, that we're so blessed to be able to come in your presence and so blessed to be known by you, and what we want this morning is to receive what you want to give, and uh, I know that you, you can go way beyond what I can deliver, so I just pray by the voice of your spirit that you would speak to every heart, that you would download to every heart what each person needs. So we stand before you with a desire to grow, a desire to take a hold of truth that will transform and shape us. So we pray for the work of your Holy Spirit, that Jesus would be glorified, that the will of the Father would be fulfilled. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we've been talking on more, and that's been the topic since uh, January, the need for more. And um, it's it's growing deeper in my heart, and maybe it is also in yours, where there's a need of more of God in our lives. There's a need of more of God in our, in our community, in, in our region, in our nation, and this is why we, we wanted to speak on that, and actually, when we were talking about this series this week, because we're looking at, okay, when are we going to move on from that series, actually, it should, be a, it should have been the theme of the year, because I really believe that we need more of God when it comes to the next generation, when it comes to our children and, and, for, and our grandchildren, what we need is to see more of God. And there's some of you, you've probably heard about the Asbury University awakening or revival where you are seeing some young people or some young adults that are seeking the Lord. Uh, what happened is that they were having a, um, a chapel service and the chapel uh, service never stopped. And now there's people that are just waiting outside just to go there and worship the Lord. And it's pretty amazing, right, just to see the next generation being drawn to pray and worship and, and, and spend some time with God. When I see this, I, I'm seeing that's the need that we have for our generation. That's what we need to see when it comes to our world. And we, when we look at the transformation that needs to happen, it's a transformation that reaches the heart and the inner person, right? I had a chance also to watch just the highlights of the Grammys this year, and it really showed me that our nation uh, is in need of the gospel because you see uh, how our world is lost and in paganism and all kind of different stuff. And, and there, there's a need for us to see God move upon our land. We need to see an awakening. We need to see God stir up hearts because that's the only way that we can see change. And that's the only way that we can see people come to this beautiful knowledge uh, of Jesus Christ. So the church is on a mission. We are on a mission on, on, on seeing, seeing uh, being forerunners where we prepare the way of the Lord. I believe the church prepares the way of the Lord. We know that Jesus is going to come one day, and we are preparing his way. And, and so it's important for us to see that there's a need for more. 
And uh, last week I talked about more prayer, that we need to stand in the gap where the calling, the primary calling that we have as a people, if you're a believer, one of the primary call you have is to commune with God and to stand in the gap for others. That's what we call intercession. And I talked about copy and paste, and I was saying that whatever I copy, I will paste. If I copy of God and I spend time with God, I commune with God, I have fellowship with God, I will paste that in my life. If I copy the ways of the world and I feed myself from the things of this world, there's, there's what's going to happen is I will paste that also in my life. So it's important, for look to, it's, important, it's important to see where, what am I copying, what am I living for. And I like what Jesus said in, 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 um, in John chapter 5, verse 19, where he says, whatever the Father does, the Son also does. And so we see Jesus that copied from the Father and pasted also what he copied from the Father. And, and then you look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. It says, the eye is the lamp of, uh, that provides light to your body. And if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be filled with light. And when your eye is unhealthy, then your whole body is filled with darkness. Whatever we see, whatever we coffee, copy, will influence my life, will set in my heart, and will create a destination. And so how can we see a change when it comes to that? It's for us to embrace God, for us to be a people of prayer. It's so essential what I'm talking about this morning and what, we, what also we addressed last week. We need to understand that prayer is essential for, uh, for the believer. Whatever the age you're at, and like I said last week, God is not impressed with my vocabulary, but what he wants me to do, he wants me to connect with him and to see from that connection his calling that would bubble from my heart. So there's a strong need to see God work in our nation, and I believe it will happen through prayer as the church goes before God. I, I believe as we pray, we will see the next generation come alive to God and his kingdom. Right now, we have a young adult retreat that's happening. We have 60 young adults from basically 19 to 25. And the main focus was, God, we want you. God, we thirst for you. And I'm looking forward to see what will be the outcome of that. But I believe it's bigger than that. I really believe that God wants to set a heart into, a fire into our hearts when it comes to the calling that we have to make a difference. And I believe it, it's all birthed through prayer. So what I want to do this morning, I don't know how much time or if I'll be able to do that because I'm restricted by time. But I wanted to talk about 10 reasons why we should pray. 10 reasons why we should pray. And the first one is to love and fellowship with God. Can you tell your neighbor that we were called to fellowship with God? To love and to fellowship with God. And 1 John says it very clearly in chapter 1, verse 3, where he says, We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And he says, And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship talks about communion. Talk about, it talks about having something in common, spending time with it talks about being influenced, being, being with. And, and, and so John talks to the church and he says, we want you to have fellowship with us, with God. And so, so this is one of the first calling we have. And I, I, I think about Psalm 27, verse 4. It says, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Look what he says. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. 
to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And I think these are two main things when it comes to having fellowship with God. It's you gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. It's to stop and look at how beautiful he is and how amazing he is and what he has done and to be captivated by who he is. And when we take the time to do that, it changes our outcome in life, and, and it makes us also embrace faith because you see, God, you're so amazing. You're so good. And this is also an act of worship where we worship God. We're caught up by his blue beauty and his splendor, and we just respond to who he is. So the first aspect when it comes to have communion with God is to embrace worship where we just worship God, right? Where we're caught up with his beauty, where he captivates our heart, where my relationship with him, it's based on loving God and to, and to have his name lifted high. And secondly, he talks about seeking him. Seeking him is to desire God in your life. You know, when you come to a point or you come to this knowledge that you need God, you seek him. He says here, I'm seeking God in the, in the sanctuary. God, I want to see you in my life. I want to see you in my relationships. I want to see you in my calling. I need to see you in my life. There's this call that we have for us to desire and long for God. And I believe this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, all of us. It's to give us this desire and this longing for him. And, and, and as we do this individually and corporately, this is where God shows up. Like, so I, I just pray that by the work of the Holy Spirit, something would happen in our hearts, something would bubble up. When I look at this awakening in, 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 the, in the university, I'm seeing God bubbling up in hearts a desire for him. And it's a faceless, nameless Renewal, where it's not based on a big name, it's not based on eloquency or, or great worship, it's just a bunch of college students, university students, that says, you know what, we need God. And when that happens, something happens, you see? And I like how God functions, right? I think sometimes God is tired of seeing our expertise and, and how we know everything, and he wants to move among students just to say, hey, it's not about you, it's about me, and, and it's all, all about desiring God. So, so when it comes to prayer, it's our mandate, it's our calling, where we are called to have communion with God. Having communion with God is amazing, but at the same time, there's a work that happens in our lives. The second reason why we want to pray, because it causes me to grow in faith. Prayer is an act of dependence where you acknowledge that you can't change your world, that you need his assistance. Prayer is when you come before God and you understand humility and you understand that you need his intervention. And it's not just for crisis, it's also for daily life where you say, God, I can't do it on my own. Actually, prayer is an act of faith where you turn to him and you say, God, intervene in my life, step in my boat. Walk with me in this journey. And I believe he does. And that's what he really wants to do. It's to make God my solution. A text that you're familiar with in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And Paul wrote this when he was in prison. So he, he knows what he's talking about. He says, do not be anxious about anything but in everything. Can you say in everything to your neighbor? In everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Even thanking the Lord for the future. God, I thank you for what you're going to do in my kids. I thank you for this next year. 
I know that you're faithful. I know that you're with me. Where you, you are thankful not only for the past, but you're also thankful for what he's going to do. So he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, by thanksgiving, present your request to God. It's an act of humility. And the fruit or the benefit of what happened, it says, on the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's in everything we come before God. In everything we bring our things to God. And it's an act of, of humility, but at the same time, we are so anxious and we're, we're so stressed. And it's at that place that you experience peace. So why do we pray? It causes us to grow in faith. Thirdly, prayer changes me. Can you say that to your neighbor? Prayer changes me. It really does. When you pray, it changes you in the inside. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So how do you grow in this regard? It's when you are in his presence. When you devote yourself to prayer, uh, what's going to happen is God's going to change your desires and he's going to empower, empower you to do his will. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That's the work of his spirit. That happens when we're with him. So we're changed in his presence. Isaiah gave that witness in chapter 6 when he saw the Lord and he saw the cherubims singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And he says, Woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and, my live, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King and the Lord Almighty. So when you meet with God, you're rocked, right? When God encounters you, and when God uh, reveals himself in your life, this is where you want to change. And, 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 and you see Isaiah saying, hey, I, I can't be here. And we see the, the, we see the cherubim come down and, and take a, 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 a coal's a cold from, from the altar with tongues and, and touched his lips and made him able to preach the word. But prayer changes me. You got this example of David in Psalm 73 in regard of his enemies. And, and, and in Psalm 70, 73, verse 17, it says, And I went into the sanctuary, in your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. So he comes to this conclu conclusion. He comes in the tabernacle, in the sanctuary, and he has this idea of the wicked. And in verse 18 he says, Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff of destruction. In an instant they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. And look what he says in verse 21. There's a change. He says, Then I realized that my heart was bitter, and I was all torn out up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a, a scentless animal to you, God. I can, in God's presence, everything changed. He had anger and frustration regarding other people, and, and he thought, he knew what God should do or God would, what God would do. And he says, uh, have them go on a slippery, slip, slippery path and, and send them to destruction and so on. In verse 21, there's a change of heart. There's a change of heart. Compassion. Mercy arises. You see, in God's presence, something happens inside of us. We should not be the same after coming in God's presence. And, and I believe that we don't. 
Because God changes our motives and, and he changes our, our heart. And, and that's what happened to the, the psalmist here where he came in with an agenda, with an idea, with a conclusion, and he came out totally different. I, I could t- talk about Cornelius and, and Paul in Acts chapter 10 where there was the gospel was only for the Jews and God revealed himself to, to Peter to say, hey, the gospel is also for the Gentiles. And it was amazing how God intervened and revealed himself to Cornelius that was praying, how God sent an angel and intervened so they would have this encounter that Cornelius would have an encounter with Paul and then they would experience the filling of the Holy Spirit and conversion and so on. But, but it was all birth and prayer. I said last week that the birthplace of the church was in prayer. In Acts chapter 2, the birthplace where we were born, you know? It's like, it's, do you like genealogy? I like to know about family tree. I don't know how many studies I did with our family tree. So much fun, like to know where we're from, and, and it's so exciting to know, like, ah, we, we got this blood and all this. It's so cool. But our roots, what are our roots as Christian? Prayer. The church was born in prayer. And, and so it's very important for us to realize that if we want to, uh, our call is to go back to our roots. And, and that involves prayer, to be a people of prayer. Prayer changes me, changes me on the inside. Number four, prayer changes the atmosphere over me and around me. It shifts the atmosphere when I pray. You know, you might be in a situation that you don't know what to do, and you pray for God to intervene. God influences the atmosphere, influences your context. Maybe you go to work, and, and it's not favorable. You, every time you go, it's so negative and all that. Pray for God to change the culture. Like, I've been a pastor now for 35 years, and I know that God is able to change context. You come in a situation that you think you've been there before, and you hit a wall, you hit a wall, you hit a wall, and then you pray for God to intervene in advance for that meeting, and you just stand in the gap, you pray and fast, and you come to that meeting, and you say, what happened? There's a change. It's because God did that, you see? Prayer changes the climate of where we, where we live. It changes the climate of our homes, like, you might be in a situation in your home where there's a lot of negativity. Well, prayer, well, I, I would have to say God changes the climate as you turn to him. He, he, he does that. I, I think about Acts chapter 16, verse 25, an amazing story about Paul and Silas that were in prison. And you've heard this before. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and, and the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the, prison, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. And all the doors immediately, immediately, immediately well, French word, a word for a Frenchman. And all the doors immediately flew open. And the chain of every believer's fell off. Chains of every believer fell off. Not just for Paul and Silas, but for every believer. You see? It influences. It goes beyond us. Hudson Taylor said, it is possible to move men through God by prayer alone. Not for your own benefit. That's not what he's saying. But you can see men change. You can see context. You can see hard, hard, hard becoming soft through prayer and intercession. 
So when you pray, it changes the atmosphere over us and around us. Number five, it strengthens me in the battle because I need to be strengthened by him. And as I do life, I fulfill this calling. I'm going to hit some walls. And, and life is not easy. There's challenges. We're dealing with relationships, sickness. There's so much things that comes our way. But you are strengthened in the battle when you pray. I think about the, the uh, apostle in Acts chapter 4. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the apostle in Acts chapter 4, verse 30, 31. After being persecuted, after uh, this prayer, the their, their meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. After they prayed, after they prayed, God came and filled them up with new energy and new strength and anointed by the Holy Spirit to continue. Edwin Harvey said, A day without prayer is a day without blessing, and a life without prayer is a life without power. So true. If prayer is not part of my life, I can't do his will. If prayer is not part of the church, we can't do his will. And the worst is that we might think we do, and we're not. And we might think that we're doing fine, we're, we're, we're not. We're looking at different, let's say for a church, you could look at different factors. You could say, what, make, what makes a church healthy? All oh, the numbers, the finances, and all that. And sometimes we can lie to ourselves that the heart or what makes a church vibrant is when people understand the principle of prayer. It's the most important thing. As I was sitting there, it's not in my notes there, I was, as I was sitting there, I was saying, if I don't lead or teach or, or be able to transpire prayer, I failed as a pastor. It doesn't matter how many services we have. If, if our hearts are not captivated by God and our hearts don't understand the mission that we're on, and that there's a battle going on, and, there's a, and, and, and God wants to multiply, and, and he has a plan to move upon the earth, and he wants to do it, and he's going to do it through our response to prayer. It's so essential. I find it's not just like another message. It's really the heart of the church. It's really what we need to see. So it strengthens me in the battle. Number six, it takes his presence into my life and ministry, meaning that it doesn't stop, it doesn't leave, it, it, God doesn't stay in my prayer closet. He's there. He follows me. I think about last week, my wife received a package from my mother-in-law, and uh, she opened it. It was some herbs. And when she opened the, the, the bag in the car, like, it was strong. The smell was so strong. And then we were driving to church, and she was saying, should I keep it in the, in the car? <laughs> no, keep it in the car. When we're going to come back in the car after the day there, it's going to be very, very strong. And then it's going to stay in the car for so long, and, and the smell will stay for so long. I think it's the same thing with us, is when we experience God, and God meets with us, it will overflow in your life wherever you go. And it's beyond even your knowledge because you're the light of the world and, and you're the salt of the earth. And, 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 and people will see it, will recognize on you, recognize it on you. And I like to give my famous illustration that I gave multiple times in the past. I remember being a, a, a young adult and I was hired to, to, uh, to do some maintenance in a, in a nursing home and I was painting. And one time I was on the stepladder and I was painting and I felt God's presence. It was kind of weird. I was saying, okay, why am I sensing God's presence? And then I turned around and I saw this minister 
that was praying for this lady at the corner uh, where she was laying. And God's anointing and God's presence was all over that man. And I had to witness, I had to, I had to say, how come? I, I really believe if I, if I would have a conversation with him, it was because he just came from the presence of God. So when you come and you go in God's presence, it doesn't stay there, it follows you. It's there with you, and beyond you, beyond what you can do, you, you're doing life and all that, and God is moving and moving and moving because God is with you. And that's how we see Jesus. That's how he did ministry. That's what we see in the life of Jesus, right? It says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went around doing good and healing all those that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. But we know Jesus went to the mountain to pray. We know that Jesus did what his, he saw his father do. We know that he had a communion with the father. So when, when he went down in the valley, the father didn't stay on the mountain. The father was with him. He, he was induced. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was able to do, to do a, a, the difference. And, and it's the same thing with us. God goes beyond us. But we got to experience his presence. And so, so important. Like, it's the same thing that you find in, Matt, in Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of the Lord. I remember when my kids were young, we bought them, well, there was one set of the armor of the Lord, like a plastic set, right? They would wear that, like the knees and, and uh, the shield, and the worst was the sword, <laughs> that we had to watch for the sword because it was swinging, right? Uh, so so you, you teach the kids about the armor of the Lord, and I, I remember reading this many times, okay, I want to put on the armor, and but how do I put, put on the armor? According to the context, it's because it's, or it's through prayer. It's when you pray and, and God arises in you, in you and, and puts the armor on. It's not something really that you put on. It's not something that is done in the flesh. It's the Holy Spirit that causes that to happen. He's the one that gives you righteousness, that gives you zeal, that gives you faith, that gives you a focus to go forward and, and to intercede and so on. It's, it's found in his presence. Everything is found in his presence. If, if I miss this part of Christianity, I have missed everything. If I miss the part of prayer and devotion and connecting with God and interceding, I've missed the whole picture. It doesn't matter what we do. If that doesn't happen where I don't connect with God, I don't have nothing. I really don't. And that's why it's so important because I need it. People around me need it. My world needs it. Number seven, when I pray, I, active, I actively participate in the kingdom advancement. Sometimes we say, ah, oh, you know, I'll pray. And we don't realize, and sometimes we say that, but we don't do it. It's just, a, it's just in our Christian language. I'll pray, yeah, yeah. And we don't. But when you pray, something happens. When you stand in the gap and you intercede for someone, something happens. Can you tell your neighbor that when you pray, something happens? When you pray, something happens. It's not just an option. It's just not a fairy tale or, oh, it sounds good, uh, whatever. No, it's, so, it's the heart. It's the heart of what we're called to do. And Paul talks about it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19, when it comes to the armor of the Lord. And he, and he goes and he says, and pray for me too as God gives me 
the right words uh, so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is also is for the Jews but also for the Gentiles. Look what he says in verse 20. I'm in change now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. And he says, so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. So pray that I should keep on speaking boldly. Is, is that really optional? Like, okay, by the way, if you have time, do it. No, it wasn't. He knew if the people didn't pray, it didn't work. What if the church didn't pray? What if? What if, like, let's say the church doesn't respond to God's call to pray? It influences the kingdom. It really does. So that's why he's asking it. Otherwise, if it would be just superficial or optional, he wouldn't say that. He knows that the success of his calling is linked to prayer. Paul understands that. And I believe it's important for us to believe that. I believe that God is sovereign, that God is in control. But God is not living on some planet and being indifferent, indifferent of how we live our lives. Or he says, oh, whatever will, will be, will be. No, God has chosen to work with us. There's things that are written in cement. Like the coming of the Messiah, the three days in the grave, and the resurrection. Absolutely. But when it comes to the mission and the calling, it's, it's with us. God has no other solution for this world than the church. We're the only solution. We're the only, the, only, the only method that he has to reach this world. It's the church. So when a church doesn't pray, when a church doesn't hear God, when a church doesn't give itself, when an individual doesn't give himself in prayer and connecting with God, he can't do the will of the, God, of the Lord. It's like I said, if I, don't cop, if I don't copy God, I don't have nothing to paste. If I copy the stuff of the world, and I function according to the ways of the world on, on love of this world, like it says in 1 John chapter 3, of, of the lust and the, of the eyes and the desires of the flesh and the pride of possession. I, that's, what I, that's what I'm going to paste. So I want a copy from God. And, 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 and I believe that we're called to make a difference. And I think the difference is prayer. And as we pray, God does all our unbelievable things, way more than us. And, and Brenton was talking about that in his, in his little, when he talked about the prayer summit. Not by my, not, not by power, but by my room, by my spirit, says the Lord. And the whole story of that is the temple was a ruin. There was no way to rebuild it. And, and God says, it's not going to be by man. It's going to be by my wind. And I think that is activated by prayer. Look what it says in James chapter 5, verse 17. Elijah was a man as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that the rain would fall, uh, would not, would, that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. But look at what it says. Elijah was a human as we are. He was a man like us. And through prayer, something happened. Look at what E.M. Bounds said. Prayer, li listen to this quote. Prayer outlives the lives of those who others, othered them. Outlives a generation. Outlive an age. Outlive a world. And I believe that. Prayer changes everything. Well, what does prayer change? Everything. Everything. It's changed by prayer. John Wesley said, God does, not, God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. God does nothing but by prayer. 
and everything with it. So huge, right? Number eight, this is where we receive direction for life and ministry. I need direction. I need him, right? I look at Jesus in Luke chapter 6, verse 7, verse 12. He prayed the whole night before he picked his disciples. God, give me direction, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. God speaking to you all the time, receiving direction. We heard about fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with the Father in 1 John. In 2 Corinthians it says, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, where he walks with you, companion with you. He reveals a thought of Jesus and the ways of the Father. You know if that Christianity is spiritual and it's supernatural. Listen, Christianity is not a logical walk. It's a supernatural one. It's a spiritual one. And if we want to see change in the physical, it has to happen in the spiritual. And how do we see change in the physical? Is when we start to pray and we engage in prayer. Where we close our TV a little earlier and we start to intercede for our kids. Start to intercede for people around us where we weep and cry for the next generation. God responds to that. When we come and we pour our hearts in desperation and we turn to him and, and we don't care about what people are saying, we're just caught up to see God intervene. The wave comes and God moves. That's the history of the church and we desperately need it. We desperately need it. Number nine, it keeps me from falling into temptation. Watch and pray lest you enter into, te into, into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You connect with God. The desire for the things of the world will pass away. My last point here. The Holy Spirit steps in when you pray. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. uttered. It's like you come to a point where you have no words to say and the Holy Spirit just gives you weeping and groaning and you just intercede. It's burning inside of you. And that's what Paul said. It's, it's about prayer. And you find 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For anyone who speaks in tongue does not speak to man but to God. Indeed, no one understands him, but he utters mysteries with his spirit. He speaks in tongues, praying the mysteries of God. It's all about prayer, you know? That's why the gift of tongues was given to edify yourself, but to pray in the spirit. Prayer changes everything. Changes me, changes my atmosphere, changes people around me. So why pray? It's because we desperately need God. That's why we pray. It's because we need God in such a way, you know. Look around. Look at our, what our kids are dealing with. Look, look at the culture. Look at the church. Ah, it's confusion in the church. You look at all the different direction when it comes to sexual orientation, you know. We could get mad and all this. And it's okay to say it's enough. But it should bring us to our knees. 
and cry out for God to move upon her life. This is the call of the church to rise and seek the Lord's face and say, God, now more than ever, move, move upon this land, move. You know what? The beauty of this is God responds to that. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.